0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is episode number nine with Rukaya Khan in the UAE. Hello, Rukaya.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Brilliant. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Thank you for joining me. It's such a pleasure to have you. And where in the UAE are you based?
1: I am based in Dubai.
0: Okay. Yes, okay. Okay, well, we're very excited to have you speaking with us from Dubai, and we can't wait to learn more about you. So tell us a little bit about Rukhaya, who you are and what you do.
1: Well, Rukaya is a mom of two. She has got uh, grown-up children of uh, age 20 and 17, because that's my primary identity, Apart from that, I'm a wordsmith, I work with words, I do articles, I do interviews of people, I can create content, so that's me.
0: Okay, and you said you're based in Dubai. How long have you been based there?
1: I've been in Dubai since 1997.
0: Oh, wow. So that's coming up on 20 years now then, right? About? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. And how long have you been a wordsmith? I've been a
1: wordsmith uh, since the last 16 years. Yes. I've been writing since the last 16 years. Took on the identity of a wordsmith since the last two years because I've, I've streamed out into speaking and coaching as well. So that's where I thought, okay, there's more to me than the writer. So that's where the title comes in from.
0: Okay, so tell us a little bit about your, your training like initially. Were you always a, a, a wordsmith? Did you always uh, like words? Or did you start off your career doing something else?
1: Um, I always had a... I always had a... Um, how, how would I put it? Yes, the way I say it is I always had an affair with words since I was very young because I used to write poetry as a child. I am a single child, so, you know... Oh, Okay. Yeah, so pen down my thoughts, write it down as poems, share it with friends, show it to family. That used to be me as a 12-year-old. Um, got married quite young. Okay. And, uh, and that's when I thought, okay, I need to do more with my life, more with my identity. And that's how I started contributing to the local newspaper. Educationally, academically, I am um, a graduate of sciences. I've done genetics with microbiology. Okay. Uh, but somehow the, the language, the love for language kind of just grew wilder and that's how I got into writing. Okay.
0: So Rukaya, what we're going to discuss with you uh, today is gratitude and acceptance and how entrepreneurs can use both to build their businesses. So give us a, bit, a little bit of an introduction into the topic of gratitude and acceptance.
1: Gratitude, I think, is... Um, is the core of, of the human element. I mean, without gratitude, I really don't see anything real because gratitude makes it real. I mean, once you when you're grateful, when you're accepting something, you are acknowledging it to be real, to be yours. And I think even the goods, the bads, everything kind of needs to be accepted with grace and with gratitude. So that's my basic understanding of how things should be
0: and it's, it's helped. It's helped. And in terms of acceptance?
1: In terms of acceptance, like I said, I mean, um, I think the reason I speak, the reason I, I take opportunities to share my thoughts is because I see a lot of people complaining about how things don't go right, how people are just unfair, and you know everything that's wrong under the sun is what they're going to be talking about. However they when you're doing that, you're failing to notice the things that are also going right for you, even if they're the smaller things. So when you, when you stop struggling or stop stop fighting what is willed for you and accept it, you're more in flow with destiny is what I feel.
0: Okay. So you mentioned um, just now ac- accepting what is meant for you and going with the flow. So for people who may be a bit reluctant to accept what's happening in their lives, um, why do you think that is? Because you said, um, just accept it. Um, there may be people out there that they don't want to accept whatever, you know, you're starting a business and things aren't going well or things aren't going right. Is that, uh, would you say, a sign that they need to make some changes or or, or how would you sort of analyze that?
1: Um, in my understanding, it's human nature to worry and be fearful. And, right. and that's, quite, that's fair. Uh, I mean, that we're built that way, it's flight or fright. So um, if instead of going both ways, what happens when, when, you're, when you're in a state of panic, when you're worried or when you're not in a state of acceptance, you tend to not see what is possible. So um, an idea that you could probably uh, imply or apply would be um, to worry, to, to book your appointment with worry maybe uh, two days later. Okay, so mm. you, have a, you have a situation. And um, it's, it's really driving you crazy. It's really scaring you. What you could do decide about it is to, to decide to worry about it maybe two days later. Okay. After two days, I'm going to panic about this, but right now I need to put my panic on pause and look at what can be possible. Um, What are the other options that could come out of this? What is this leading me towards? And when you do that, you find out different things that you could have possibly overlooked in, in a
0: state of worry. Right, absolutely. Now, Vakaya, you did an excellent interview for us. And um, one of the questions um, I asked you was uh, the concept of gratitude being very popular now, is particularly in popular culture. And you said, as a concept, it's been around forever. But why do you think um, it's become so popular in in certain circles at the moment everyone is saying practice gratitude and practice mindfulness and and all of that kind of thing do you think it's just that people have people have realized we've we've kind of tipped the balance a bit and everyone's trying to bring themselves back to the center
1: yes i think so i think everything goes in a balance balance is the most important thing at the end of it right um if, if something's it's it's day and night it's uh, Plus and minus, it has to. it takes one to to know another. So when you've already gone in a place where it's really dark, dim, and dull, that that's when you realize, okay, I need to do something different about this. and I think it, we've come as a human human culture, as humanity, we've come across various levels of uh, success, various levels of depression, of failures, and coming through all of that, we I think. It's, it's the light at the end of the tunnel where we think, okay, yes, now let's just do this in a different way and see how it works. Because obviously, if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result over and over again. So it's about time we kind of changed things around and did things better.
0: Right. Now, our community um, serves women in the pre-startup and startup phase of business. So it's women who have ideas or women who have recently launched their businesses. So aspiring entrepreneurs and recently started entrepreneurs. Now, when you're first starting a business, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot going on. So how can these entrepreneurs stay mindful? How can they, how can they practice gratitude throughout this, this crazy process of, of building a business from scratch?
1: I think when you're starting your own business, the first thing you need to do is trust. Mm-hmm. Trust yourself and also the process because yes, it is, it is quite uh, a task to step out of a comfort zone and do something for yourself because it takes a lot of courage to, to take that first step and take it forward from there on. And uh, if you have decided to do that, give yourself a pat on the back because you've taken the first step. Mm. And, and then you take it forward from there with taking it a day at a time, a step at a time. I recently, I had at one point interviewed somebody who does, who does marathons and he was a 70 plus year old gentleman and very fit. But, you know, with the age factor, I did interview him and I did ask him, I said, don't you like, doesn't it feel like a daunting task when you get on a marathon and you, and are just at the start line. So he said, no, it doesn't, because I don't run the marathon, the full stretch. I just run the marathon a um, hundred meters at a time. So it's mm. like, take it, take it in, in bite size portions. Just take it a day at a time. And there will be good days. There will be bad days. But take them as they are for their face value. Don't Don't really get into it and don't start getting into the details of what's Oh my god what's happening or don't freak out just just and when you feel that way decide to do that 2 days later and look at possibilities
0: right right and it sounds like it's more about approach how you approach things and less about um i guess how you react to things
1: exactly i mean chunk it down don't chunk it up we have we have this uh, we we like looking at things like, oh my God, it's going, how, how is this gonna happen? But no, I mean, break it down into smaller portions and see it, like put the puzzle together. You, I mean, at the end of it, the whole picture will come together.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we also uh, talked about in your interview, the role acceptance plays in the entrepreneurial journey. And you said that um, one of the, it's it perhaps the first step in the journey uh, even before uh, practicing gratitude, you have to accept, I guess, that this is the journey that you're on. There's going to be ups and downs, and you've just got to work with, work with that, wa- that wave, whatever comes your way.
1: Correct. That's, that's very, I mean, that is really how I feel. I feel very strongly about that because um, when you are, even, even to be grateful for something, you need to first accept it. Mm. Because without being accepting of something, uh, when where does and how does the gratitude come? Because it's one thing to say, yes, I am grateful, but it's another to be accepting of it and then to be grateful for it.
0: Definitely. I, definitely, I think also within um, the entrepreneurial space, people are very wired to make things happen and everyone wants to move quickly and everyone wants things to go fast and sort of solve problems, get things done. And um, when things don't go that way, I think everyone sort of feels like, oh, okay, I must be a failure. This isn't working out for me.
1: No, I don't think so. I've, uh, my most favorite question that uh, across interviews, when I interview uh, people who are high-end achievers, is what is the significance of silence in your life? Because I really believe that silence comes to us at a time when uh, we've been very noisy, when when there's been a lot of noise in the mind. Um, And even otherwise, it. When you silence yourself, um, you are able to see and hear a lot more than when you are constantly in chatter. And I think that is rather significant.
0: Definitely. And would you say that um, gratitude, uh, by focusing on gratitude and accepting the situation, it perhaps helps you to, to get more clear about solutions to problems that you, that you may come about as an, or, or encounter as an entrepreneur?
1: It definitely does. I mean, uh, when, you, when you accept, when you're grateful, there's so much of uh, peace from within, there's so much of uh, silence, your, your, your doubts have been put to ease, and, um, and you're looking at possibilities. So yes, definitely
0: helps. Definitely, and in, in terms of overcoming challenges and, and dealing with all of those, like we've talked about those tumultuous times, I think, um, I think we'd all agree that practicing uh, gratitude does help all of us to become better entrepreneurs.
1: It helps us become better entrepreneurs. It helps us become better individuals. And uh, yes, I think a person who is a better individual definitely is going to be a good entrepreneur too.
0: And a better leader, I think, because you can self-reflect. Yes. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, um, to, at the end of it, you are aiming to lead. You are aiming to be an example. And uh, yes, being grateful, being accepting definitely makes you that.
0: Okay, now let's jump into um, something I'm really excited to talk to you about, which is SMILE. Yes, thank you. Yeah, tell us more about SMILE.
1: Well, smile. Um, okay, I did a TED talk last year, a TEDx talk last year at a, at a private school, and um, the concept of the the theme of the.
0: Of this is the, in yeah. Dubai. A TED talk in yes. Dubai. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes, this was in Dubai, and uh, the theme was. Um, okay, and I'm. Um, I'm forgetting. That's okay. Okay. So um, I spoke on the art of possibility. And for me, the idea was more on um, how do I present something to these students and these parents who are going to be listening to me. And for me, um, I wanted to talk about how when a person is in a, in a negative, in a stuck state, how do you move forward from there? So well, I applied the concept of, again, gratitude and acceptance. And I said, gratitude is nothing that I need to explain to anybody, but Acceptance comes when you smile. And smile was the acronym that I asked and I received as, as a message to, to take forward. So smile is, can be broken down as S is when I say silence the mind. Okay. M is manage your attention. I is identify the intention. L is let things go. And E is energize the possibilities. So I speak on this across different uh, platforms, whether it's schools, whether it's uh, labor camps, whether it's classes for women, um, parents, because it beautifully fits in everywhere. Even at uh, the Women Economic Forum, when I was there this year in Delhi, in New Delhi, Mm -hmm. India, I shared this with the audience because it's just it, it blends in so beautifully. And then when, when people look at you and they recognize me, and then when they smile, it's like it kind of clicks a bell at the back of your mind where, oh, yes, she's smiling. Or, yes, I'm smiling. This is what this can also mean. You know, it's, it's, it's really
0: nice that way. So you came up with the acronym and these are the the terms that you attach to it. I'm really, um, I really like L, let things go. We've got a um, community ebook called the 10 steps to flight. And one of the steps to flight is actually called letting go. Yes. And I think that's such an important, it's step seven in flight is letting go. And I think that's such an important part of um, acceptance and gratitude. So I really like that one.
1: Thank you. Uh, let letting go is is I think the most difficult for a lot of us. In fact, it has been for me as well.
0: Oh um, yeah, I think for all I, of us. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, forgiveness. We we speak about forgiveness. We speak about speak, uh, forgiving other people, but I think the one person that you really need to forgive is your own self, because you've caused that hurt for yourself, your own self, because you decided to stick on to it for such a long time. Mm. Um, one thing that I can uh, that I recently learned was uh on, on one of my travel trips was when you when i went to amman the dead sea they say you can float in it I mean, mm, it's yes. so buoyant that you, you just can float in it because of but, the
0: salt right yeah
1: yes yes but even on the shore um if you're you're by the shore and you're just you want to let go and you and i don't know how to swim but for me to let go and to trust that i'm going to float in this water was the most difficult but until I let go, all those rocks of solid salt were scarring me because, you know, I, I wouldn't let go completely because I was scared. And until I would let go, the, the rocks were hurting me. And because those were solid, salty rocks, the scars were burning me. So at that point, I realized I need to let this go so that I can float in peace. Yeah, And it's just the same with life, isn't it? You're holding on to a grudge, you're holding on to something. And until you let it go, you
0: can't float. Definitely. Why do you think it's so hard for people to let go? I I read somewhere that expectation is what causes the greatest hurt in life. Um, Why do you think it's so hard for people to let go? Because you know if you're trying to build a business there's going to be so many things that are going to happen to you um and if you can if you continuously hold on to every bad experience or, or every person that you met that wasn't supportive or every bad client or what have you it you're going to create a very toxic environment for yourself so why do you think it's so hard for people to let go is it that expectation that we hold on to
1: i think it's the fear of being hurt mm. um, Yes, there are expectations too. But I think the fear of being hurt, because when you're running your own business, or even in everyday affairs, um, the fear of this happened to me the last time, I don't want it to happen again. And it's, it's just your, it's just your subconscious mind being protective of you. Mm -hmm. Because that's its primary function in any case to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And so And so I think by not letting go or being mindful of a lesson that we've learned the last experience just gives us that space to kind of, you know, be very, very careful. And we just don't realize where that line, fine line between being careful and being overprotective kind of happens.
0: So I think that's where. That's where that. And I also like manage your attention and identify the intention. That's really (laughs) important, isn't it?
1: yes it is because uh, are you are
0: you focusing
1: on what's possible are you focusing on what went wrong because yes uh, i'm not saying to turn a blind eye to what went wrong because obviously that there's a lesson there but if you take from the lesson and then look at what's possible that's uh, what i mean by identify the intention because one leads to the other where uh, what was your intention when you did this or what was the other person's intention when they did this you know give them benefit of doubt help them help yourself understand where they are coming from and that kind of makes things a bit simpler to
0: digest when you set an intention and you decide okay i'm going to do this and this is my intention and then you go along and then it doesn't work out (laughs) and there's a there's actually a the outcome or the result is is very negative. How does one um, reconcile that intention?
1: Well, by trusting the intention. I know I'm probably sounding very repetitive, but um, when when you set an intention and it doesn't happen, it probably means there's more to it. Uh, quite often, we we set an intention. If it doesn't happen, we give up there, but mm. the, but. but you definitely, when you say when I say smile, I mean it through and through. I mean when you're when you've set an intention and it doesn't happen, you go back to the S because it says silence the mind because the mind is going to play tricks on you and going to say, okay, this didn't happen, okay, I wasn't me- it wasn't meant for me or you know whatever because the mind just loves to chatter in the background. So silence it and then again uh, realign yourself with your intention. Because at the end of it, yes, it will happen
0: Yeah. if you trust it. If you trust it. And that was your first TED Talk that you gave, right? Yes, it was. And how was was. that experience for you, doing your TED Talk?
1: Well, I am not essentially a trained speaker. I'm not a toastmaster, not a trained, I haven't done classes, public speaking, nothing. But for me, I have always been a big fan of the stage, of the TEDx stage. I've listened to a lot of talks and for me... It was like, one of my life goals, I need to do this. So when the opportunity came along, I said, yes, as I do with many of the things that come my way, I was like, okay, I will take this up and then prepare myself for it. So that's how I got the opportunity and decided to, yes, go ahead with it. And uh, the experience was, uh, hmm, I'm I'm more of an inflow person. I like speaking in flow, so when when it was with the with the presentation, with the clicker and all of that, it felt a little, oh my God, but I was so, so grateful to be able to kind of give my message and tell people what i what I really, really feel. and and again, grateful for getting smile in my life.
0: No, yeah, perfect. I really like smile. So how can, talking about entrepreneurs again, how can um, they use smile in their, in their day-to-day lives? How can they use smile to build a culture of gratitude and acceptance in their, in their organizations as they build their businesses? Is it just simple as follow these steps or is, is there something more to it?
1: Um, it is as simple as follow these steps and it is as simple as smiling because at the mm-hmm. end of it, at the end of it just giving somebody a smile is charity i mean you know um giving some smiling at a person is the action of smiling actually is charity and when when i say charity and giving is again i mean imagine if you walk into an office and you see everybody frowning or you see the and and you can actually feel the energy kind of being sucked out of your own system
0: absolutely yeah
1: how however if it's a more of a cheerful place where people are actually smiling or actually in a in a different vibe altogether then there is progress and there is possibility of having a good day or having good deals and better mindsets when you're when you're talking to a client when when you're doing a presentation so that's as simple as that and again when you look at the the various um, things that the alphabet stand for it's quite simple as uh, and the last one being energize the possibilities when you go through the entire steps and at the end of it there is the action command as well because a lot of us have so much of knowledge yet we do uh, absolutely nothing about it because we haven't done we haven't taken the necessary steps like we'll enroll on various programs and do nothing but Get the emails and not do much about it. At the end of it, how? However, to benefit from a knowledge, you need to put it into action, put it into practice.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably uh, boils down to fear at the end of the day, doesn't it? Uh,
1: yes, it does boil down to fear because it's fear of something we have, we are not accustomed to, or of the unknown. True, um, oh, it's the unknown. However, you need to trust the unknown sometimes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's true. I think, um, again, that's so counterintuitive, I guess, to everything entrepreneurship stands for because um, trust the unknown. I think uh when people decide to start a business they think okay well this is how it's going to work and this is how it's going to happen when we really know that that when you start that's not how it goes there's so many things that happen as you go along the way sometimes you start off one business model and you end up going into something completely different so um a lot of it is mentally preparing yourself for the entrepreneurial process and um I think that's so key to experiencing and fully enjoying your journey as someone in business. True,
1: definitely. Um, it's, it's quite helpful and it's quite interesting to see how taking things a day at a time, taking things in bite-sized bite portions is helpful. And again, being grateful, being accepting of, of what's going on around you.
0: is key. Yes. Of course. Of course. Okay. So scenario, I am an aspiring entrepreneur and I am, I feel really stuck. I feel really confused and I feel really, really irritated. So I'm listening to this podcast right now and everything you're saying sounds great, but in reality, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to begin. What should I do? What practical things should I do? Should I get a journal and start writing down how I feel? Should I speak to someone? Should I? Is it just a matter of closing my eyes and saying what I'm grateful for? What are the practical steps to, to overcoming this feeling of being stuck or confused?
1: Um, okay, now. What, we, what this person could really do is uh, get a piece of paper with a pen, paper, pencil, and make down a list of things that they would like to do. Mm. Um, because quite often we use our mind to store thoughts, whereas it's, it's made to have thoughts. So when you're constantly uh, holding on to things that you need to do, your to-do list is in your head instead of on a paper, it's going to take up mind space. And that's not helpful for a mind that needs to work towards something else so you make a list of things make a list of tasks that need to be done delegate them wherever possible decide what who needs to do what how things need to happen and then start putting them into action that is one thing and apart from that um what are the things that scenarios mind mapping mind mapping is a great tool again um, putting up your tasks, looking at possibilities, looking at uh, different things you can do, how you can do them differently. And the most important thing in when you're starting out as an entrepreneur is understanding your why, why are you doing this business? Is it just for the money part of it? Is it for the success? Is it for the fame? Um, what's your why? Very often people don't know what their why is and they set out to de- to get the how, mm. so, you know, Knowing your why is very, very critical because it's, the, it's your driver. It's your fuel. So if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you will do it right.
0: That is absolutely such an important point. Um, knowing your why is, is what sets you apart at the end of the day, because if you don't know why you're starting this business, why you're driven by it, you probably won't see it through until the end. And if it's just about the money, that's not enough to... It's got to be a passion. There's got to be something there. The money isn't enough to to sustain that entire process.
1: No, it definitely isn't. Because very often people go wrong because they they see that, okay, um, I'm going... People see, I mean, how do you define your success? Is it just the money, X amount that you need to make at the end of the day, or is it the X amount of people you need to make happy at the end of the day? Because happy customers are customers who are going to come back to you. Whereas paying customers are customers who will pay you. But um, if you're just going to treat them as customers and as, uh, as an asset, then are they going to come back to you with the same intention and with the same energy? as a happy customer? That's a question you need to ask.
0: Absolutely, and I think also stepping away is important. It's an important part of the entrepreneurial process. I think sometimes you just need to get away. You need a few days or a week or a month, as long as you think you need. Sometimes just getting away from this startup scene or your business or whatever it is that you're trying to, to achieve and, and, and take time off let your mind wander in a different place or give, give your, go on a holiday or something. I think that's also very important.
1: Yes, it's, it's the refueling. It's the recharging of the mind where you're allowing yourself to separate yourself from the whole hustle bustle of the whole scenario and, and kind of realign and get yourself back on track because um, you need to sharpen your axe every now and then.
0: Absolutely. And that's so important. And I think within the um, entrepreneurship space, that's not always something that people um, uh, uh, sort of ascribe to. I think there is a lot of, no, let's just go, 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 do, do, do. I've got to get this done. I've got to do this now. If I don't do this now, it won't work or it won't happen or, and sometimes you just need to slow down and you need to step away.
1: Yes. Which is what, when, when I speak of silence Mm -hmm. and also it's, it's, it's the refueling of the mind. It's the refueling of the mindset where you need to understand. Because imagine if, if music was played only in one tone or just, just goes on and on and on. So how do you enjoy it? Where do you enjoy it? It's the peaks and the flows and the, and the drops of the, of the notes that really makes the difference. Um, even the ocean has high tides and low tides.
0: It Absolutely. Kind of needs,
1: it needs to go back so that it can kind of allow everything to settle. And then it goes on a rush all over again. So yes, it's, it's law of nature.
0: Yeah. And, and nature, I always say nature is our best teacher. All you have to do is observe anything in nature. And that just explains everything about life generally.
1: So true. Yes, it does.
0: Yes. So Rukaya, do you work with entrepreneurs? So if, for example, if there's someone listening to this podcast and they're really, really um, interested in everything you've said and, and um, they think, oh, OK, I'd like to have a chat with her. Do you do? I know you, you're a master practitioner of NLP, and uh, hypnosis and timeline therapy, etc. Do you work with entrepreneurs specifically around this topic?
1: Um, I'm, I'm open for people to approach me and uh, yes, we can have a chat, we can have a consultation. I largely speak with uh, students. It's, it's largely with students and um, parents that I connect with and coach with. Because I see that, um, in my understanding, that's the age group where where they need to be guided more often. And children at, at a particular age see, feel a bit lost because they see themselves have ha- as having found their identity. However, they don't know what that identity is. And they're in this constant struggle where uh, the parents are trying to mold them and they want they feel they've kind of made it. So there's, I kind of step in over there to create some kind of an understanding, create some kind of a vision and clarity into where they're headed. So yes, that can also be applied with entrepreneurs and what people do in their
0: business. Okay, great. So tell us uh, about where people can find you. So your website, your TED Talk um, on the art of possibility, your email, your, your social media. Um, just tell us more about that so people can find you online and connect with you.
1: Okay. Um, my TED talk has, has been online for over a year now and it's called the art of Possibility." So it's quite easy to find it on YouTube. Um, another place where you can, of course, if you need to connect with me, a, a great place to do that would be my Facebook page, which is the um, um, RK rights. So it's R K capital with W R I T E S. So it's www.facebook.com/forward/slash rkwrites.
0: Okay, perfect. And we didn't explore your writing much. What do you write about specifically? What topics do you cover?
1: Okay, so um, it started out with um, the neighborhood news. Okay, so when I was um, I like I said, it used to it used to be poetry as a child, and so a lot of reading, writing, and stuff. So. I got, I got connected with the local ladies writing group and we started and they used to contribute to the local tabloid and my mm-hmm. stories started from there like small neighborhood news kind of stories and from there on I started contributing to larger magazines and newspapers and international magazines as well um A lot to do with health, because I am a student of genetics and microbiology, so that used to be my biggest strength where I could understand what a doctor is talking about when I'm doing a large major health piece. Mm. Um, A lot to do with parenting, because um, my children at that point were very small, so anything that I could connect with, I used to write about the personalities, uh, lifestyle interviews, beauty, education, uh, parenting these were my, my beats and, um, are my beats. Right.
0: So that's,
1: that's, and, uh, yeah. So over the years I've been an editor of two different magazines. One was on parenting and another was uh, young and trendy, which is for the, you know, the younger group of children, adults, young adults, largely. So yeah, that's, that's me and my writing.
0: Okay now you you are a student uh, in academically you studied science you said uh, i think it was micro did you say microbiology yes microbiology with genetics yes and genetics and now you're into writing so what what happened there tell us about that shift obviously you love you love science it's what you studied you perhaps you wanted a career in that field and but your passion was writing so how what happened there how did that happen
1: that's a that's a rather interesting story. Uh, my mom and my dad had always envisioned that their daughter would take up uh, medicine. So of for course, my mom, to become a doctor.
0: doctor. They wanted you yes. to be a doctor. OK,
1: my mom wanted me to to be a doctor real bad. And she was like, yes, she's going to be a doctor. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I took up uh, sciences, studied, got, wrote the entrance exams. Uh, and in India, it isn't essentially, uh, it, there's a lot of donations and other things that come in and you need to kind of have big bucks to get into this uh, medical field, which mm. happens to be the most noble profession. However, you need to go in in the most prudence way. And so for me, I thought, okay, I've done my exams. I've got this grade, but it wasn't uh, good enough. And at that point, we had just come back from Kuwait after the Gulf War.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So uh, financially, uh, though my dad was quite happy to you know, go ahead and make the contribution towards my education, I said, no, I'm going to try this all over again next year and maybe get a better score. However, at that point, I got into graduation for my genetics and microbiology and later got engaged, married, and the rest is history.
0: And the rest is history. And you just decided... Uh well, I, I like my writing. I want to stick with my writing and yeah. gen- genetics stayed on the side.
1: Genetics stayed on the side. But of course, you, you you never pick a tool without... I mean, God never gives you a tool that you're not going to use.
0: So True. The gen-
1: genetics and microbiology has been very helpful when it comes to my kind of writing as well. Because uh, at one point, uh, one of the major magazines in the UAE the editor used to call me the in-house doctor writer. Because <laughs> I could, you know, if I'm sitting across the table, speaking to a doctor about cancer, speaking to a doctor about kidney issues, anything for that matter, if he's going to use these huge medical terms at me, I would know what he's talking about because maybe not completely, but I had a basic understanding because I was a student of, student of sciences. So for me, that was very, very helpful.
0: Great. But I think that's, um, you know, funny enough, I uh, on my previous podcast, I spoke with someone who, um, Wemo, recently, and her mom wanted her, Wemo is in Kenya, and her mom wanted her to be a doctor as well. And she decided that her path wasn't in medicine. Um, she actually ventured into public health and then ended up being an entrepreneur. And I think um, we talked, had this conversation about um, being good at something or, or being able to learn something is very different to your passion and your natural talent or your skill, your gift, if you will, that that you're born with. And I think, um, so many of us are, are not fortunate enough to be able to pursue that thing that lights us up. We tend to just, um, we do what's expected. We study, we get the degrees, we go into these careers and we get these jobs. We're kind of on autopilot mode. We're just living day to day. And then, we realize at some point that we don't feel fulfilled and we we've always had a talent, you know, cause we're all born with our, our special gift unique to us and we want to pursue it, but maybe we feel we're scared. So I think it's people like yourself and like women are very fortunate in that you, you were able to go ahead and pursue that thing that made you, that made you light up. As opposed oh, yeah. to to studying, you know, because you were good at studying and you were obviously bright and you had the scores and the marks or whatnot. But if you had gone along with medicine, maybe you wouldn't have been very happy as a doctor.
1: Maybe not. Yes, I, I completely agree on that. Because um, the way I, you know, the, the rush you get when you see, when I see my byline in the newspapers or, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know it's been 16 years, and I know it's been a long time. But even now, if I pick up my paper, and I know I have an article coming out that morning, I will rush like a, like a four-year-old about to get the report card and look at my name and smile. It's like yes, it's there.
0: That's so, beautiful.
1: Very gratifying. Very, very. Uh, it's 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 a different experience altogether each time.
0: And you said you write for various papers in the UAE. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Okay, so if people want to, and is, are any of these published online? Can people find you on, online?
1: Um, the, or is it all print? Is, it's print, it's online as well. Um, there is a magazine called uh, The International Indian for which I, I contribute regularly. The, the main newspaper for which I have been writing for the last 16 years is Gulf News. So uh, the website. Yes, um, the Gulf, uh, sorry, the uh, website keeps uh, reinventing itself. However, if you search by author name and put in my name in there, um, you should be able to find quite a few write-ups of mine.
0: Great. Well, uh, people, you need to go in and find Rukhaya's stuff in Gulf News. It would be really good to ex- for people to explore your writing outside of... Um, obviously, you've got your, your page and everything, but to to read more about um, the work that you're doing and the people that you're interviewing. You've interviewed over a thousand people, I believe, from all walks of life.
1: It's more than a thousand. It's, it's probably touched to, it may be more than 2,500 if I'm not mistaken. Because wow. it's been a while. And there are times when you need to do uh, interviews of various people of, you know, different, different backgrounds on a particular topic. So that, always adds up to more number of people that I get to interact with. So it's really amazing to to speak right from you know the the T boy at, at an office to the maybe the CEO of a company. So it's like it's it's very interesting to get into the mind of somebody and, and understand how they look at something differently from the other person or or how it's still the same. you know it's it's quite interesting how we think we all think we're so special yet we're all the same.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. And here you are today on the other side because you're the one being interviewed.
1: <laughs> I do like yes let's do this it's I have never been on the I mean on this side to be asked questions is definitely a different experience thank you for giving
0: me this my absolute pleasure and more importantly thank you for giving me the pleasure of um of interviewing you it was a a really this has been really really great I really enjoyed speaking with you about this topic it's something that I actually practice in my life gratitude um I'm not so good at acceptance (laughs) But I'm getting there. I'm a work in progress. But gratitude is something I practice every day, actually. And um, when I get into my moments where I feel a bit frustrated, I, I calm myself down and I, realize I I always try to reflect on the bigger picture. Or I go out in nature. Nature is my is my thing. But gratitude, I think, is so important. And it's helped me a lot, not just in the entrepreneurial journey, but just in life generally. I think when you can really sit down and appreciate what you have. It makes it wipes away all the other stuff and it makes everything seem so frivolous and so petty at the end of the day, you know, it gives me per- yeah. perspective. So it was really good to talk to you about gratitude and about acceptance and our show aims to, well, our podcast rather aims to empower, encourage and inspire women to get their entrepreneurial uh, juices flowing. So I hope um, that someone out there listened to this and felt inspired and, and maybe they were feeling a bit down, actually, and they listened to this and something you said has made them feel a little bit better or a bit more motivated. And hopefully people will connect with you and, and your work and read more about what you do.
1: Thank you. It's, it's a great thing you're doing out there for everybody. And um, sometimes it's, it's just that little one thing that you hear in the day that makes, makes a day go from blue to bright pink. And, and thank you so much for doing this.
0: Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. And you. Thank you so much, Rukhaya, for joining us.
1: Thank you.